Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 621. If you'd like to have a copy of it, uh, just uh, let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Uh, I've got a great message for you directly from the Bible, as uh, always. And I've got some songs and uh, letters. But right now, let's uh, ask the Lord to bless the program. Father, open the windows of heaven and send down your blessings unto us. Bless the whole world, the whole planet with your spirit, with your word. You're pouring out your spirit upon all flesh through those of us that are your ministers. And uh, we just praise and thank the Lord for it because we see hundreds of thousands of souls, millions um hundreds of thousands for sure, of souls being saved. Lord God, continue this great outpouring in the name of Jesus that Satan will be destroyed, that souls will be saved, the church strengthened. Bind Satan, Lord, and give us open doors and anoint our our steps every day of our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, now here's George Jones again to sing for us Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fear relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed Through many dangers Toils and snares We have Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. George Jones, my friend, a uh, very good friend of mine. And um, we also have letters here from friends of ours. Uh, Sharon, where's the first one from? From Malawi, Africa. All right. What do they have to say? My dear Pastor Tony Alamo, glory to God for the care you've shown us during the year 2007. And I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, together with your entire congregation and their families. On behalf of my dear brothers and sisters here in Malawi and part of Mozambique and Zambia, I would like to thank you for the care and gifts you've assisted us with during the last year of 2007, such as newsletters, books, t-shirts, and Bibles, which has helped build up our Alamo ministry here in Africa. My soul has been especially satisfied with every newsletter I read, and I've gained a lot of wisdom spiritually. Even my Tony Alamo evangelism team was encouraged to distribute these newsletters after every crusade and revival meeting we had. Continue to send us more in this new year of 2008. And God bless you and your staff for your kindness during the last year. We have reached many souls in many places during the past three years, from 2004 to 2007. Our vision this year is to reach many more souls and to break the chains of Catholicism everywhere, even more than what we did in the past three years. Our vision is still to reach the unreached with the gospel, to make them disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to equip them for the ministry. My evangelism team is ever busy with one accord or purpose, and we know the time where we're at and what to do in these last days. Continue to send us newsletters, books, Bibles, and T-shirts as you did throughout the last year. We shall always pray for your life and soul and also for your ministry. We wish a good year to you all, your son in Christ Jesus, Prince Niamu from Malawi, Africa. All right. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful work they're doing there. Love, I'm sure it thrills the hearts of the people in our radio audience to hear these wonderful reports from those of our listeners and those that read our literature. Now, do you have another one? Yes. From Go ahead. Let's hear what they have to say. Where is it from? From Zimbabwe, Africa. All right. Sir, Madam, it has been over a month of learning through your program on a radio station called Radio Africa 2. Both my life and ministry as an evangelist are being blessed by your messages. Others are being blessed, too, as I share your messages with them on my radio. Each time I listen, I invite people to listen with my family. Keep up the good work, and may the Lord strengthen you to do more. If you can offer tapes of your messages, please send some to me. Yours truly, forgive, Guacuva from Kwikwi, Zimbabwe. All right, praise the Lord. Um, people need to ask these questions. Uh, ask yourself, am I really a sinner? Um, and how does God treat sinners? And what does God want me to do about my sin? God's answers. Um, about uh, A.D. 34, God changed a zealous Jewish rabbi from a um, persecutor of the church to becoming its leading missionary. The Apostle Paul founded churches throughout Asia Minor and Greece. 
but he aroused so much opposition from the Jews that they had him arrested. Can you believe that I've been arrested over a hundred times since I've been in the ministry? An appeal to Rome uh, gave him boat passage to Italy and a Roman prison. Wherever he went, he preached the free gospel of Christ. The free gospel of Christ's power and wrote letters to strengthen churches everywhere. About A.D. 55, he wrote the church at Rome to prepare them for his coming and to show them the essential elements of Christian faith. All right, so we're going to be reading now from the book of Romans. A Roman shows the righteousness of God and the power of salvation and the power of God rewarded in Jesus are needed because all people live under the power of sin. Everybody on earth, before they get saved, that is. That's uh, chapter 1, verse 1, chapter 3, verse 20. God provides righteousness to those who make faith commitments to Jesus Christ as Lord. Chapter 3, verse 21. Chapter 4, verse 25. Salvation in Christ results in a victorious new life. Chapter 5, verse 8, Romans. God is faithful in all his promises, uh, especially those to the Jews. Chapter 9, verse 11. God's saving mercy summons believers to a totally changed way of life. That's uh, chapter 12, verse 16. Romans invites you to examine who you are in light of God's word, his love, his wrath, his promises, and his expectations. This is chapter 1. Paul states, so this I've uh, preached on this many times. Uh, one says, uh, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. So he's saying here that uh, Jesus called him. He's the servant of Jesus. He doesn't make Jesus his servant because we've been called to serve God, not to have God serve us, as so many churches tell us. Verse 2, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, and I am just saying this many times because too many people are being arrested for it. I'm saying which was uh, made of the seed of David, a polygamist, 
a man that had many wives, who God called him the apple of his eye until he did the evil thing by marrying somebody else's wife. Now, God gave him many wives. God gave them to him, so it must be of the Lord. Uh, That's what I always said after I searched the scriptures regarding uh, these things that I'm saying to you according to the flesh. He was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now, verse 4 states, and you may not believe this, but, you know, the Bible is God's word, and if you have something against that, well, then don't call yourself a Christian. Uh, I'm preaching the gospel, and that's my God-given right, and it's better for me to observe what the Lord says and to do what the Lord says rather than what man says that we should do. Some people think I'm angry. Yes, I'm angry with the wicked every day. And uh, the Lord tells me to be angry. To be, actually says, be angry uh, at Satan is what he means. But sin not. That means don't be angry at what God says, like you folks out in the world today do, many of you. Verse 4, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of the holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So this uh, is the spirit of holiness according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus proved that he was God by being resurrected from the dead. Verse 5, by whom we have received power and apostleship. Now, grace means power. That's why I'm reading it that way, by whom we have received grace or power. To me, grace is a weak word, but if it means power, then that's fine, but I'd rather use the word um, power and apostleship for obedience. Uh, So because of the fact that uh, he was obedient, that's how he became an apostle, to have received power and apostleship because of my obedience to the gospel, is what the apostle Paul is saying, for obedience. Faith among all nations for his name, okay? All right, now we go to verse 6. Among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Now when it says saints, that means that all of us are, all saints are one body. We happen to be the body of Christ. And the body does what Jesus did. And Jesus prayed always. He prayed to his Father in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that uh, regarding destroying the destruction of Satan and the salvation of souls. So to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, power to you and peace. Like I said in the last message, peace comes from our knowing that the presence of the Lord is in us and that he's moving us, leading, guiding, directing us, have um, into all 
peace. No matter what kind of uh, persecution we're going through, we still have peace because God is with us. And if God is with us, then who could be against us? Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. The known world then. Verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel. He serves with his spirit. That's right. Our spirit was dead before he received Christ. Now, this apostle Paul was persecuting the church, and then he became the chief evangelist in the New Testament. So, um, God is his witness, whom I serve with my spirit. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him with their spirit. Not, you know, the spirit in us, uh, mingled with God's spirit, will cause us to do the right thing. Because the Holy Spirit will lead our spirit in the gospel. He will lead us every step of the day. So that we're able, more than able, to be conquerors. Then the spirit of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you saints always in my prayers. Verse 10, making request if by any means, now at length I might have a, a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may uh, impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Established in what? Established in the Lord. Because if you're not fed the word of God, your spirit will get weak and faint and fall away from the Lord. So the Apostle Paul uh, longed to see people that, that were in the church, that he might impart some um, unto them some spiritual gift to keep them going another day, one day at a time, to the end that you may be established in the Lord. Because once you're established, then you'll be doing the same thing to others. Verse 12, that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Because without faith, we are not able to receive anything from the Lord. We can't speak to him. We cannot approach the throne boldly. There's nothing that we can do without him. You, without me, Jesus said in the 15th chapter of John, without me, you can do nothing. No godly thing, that is. Verse 13. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let 
uh, hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you, also even as among other uh, Gentiles. He's the apostle of the Gentiles. Verse 14, I am debtor both to the Greeks. In other words, I have to preach the gospel to them and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. I have to preach the gospel to everybody. Verse 15, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are here, right here in Rome with me also. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, only everyone that believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Gentile, uh, or the Greek. Same thing, that's what he means. Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, from one smidgen of faith to the next smidgen of faith, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, this is the way we grow in the Lord. From faith to faith, never from faith to doubt, or from faith to falling away. As it is written, the just, only the just, shall live by faith. They shall live here on this earth by faith, and they shall live forever in eternity by faith. Verse 18, for the wrath of God. Now, God is not just a God of love, because all throughout the Bible it says that he has great wrath. He flooded the whole world, remember, and drowned everybody except eight souls in the days of Noah. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now, you see all these plagues that are hitting the earth right now? They're coming from heaven. Folks, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and this world is filled with it, and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Many people are using the truth to hustle money into their uh, cult, uh, that looks like a church, it sounds like a church. Uh, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. There's so much noise in the hallway here, but verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. Now, God showed them... Um, Everything that there is, the sun, the moon, that he created all these things, and all the vegetation here on earth, and all living things, all living creatures. And so God has shown it to these, um, manifested or showed it in them. For God hath showed it unto them. Now verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world. 
are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal uh, power and Godhead. And Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So the Lord has shown everybody these things so that they are without excuse on Judgment Day. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, and they knew him, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became uh, vain in their imaginations. They became, they imagined themselves to be something. I've seen people, uh, it's an old uh, joke even, that people go to a movie and they see a John Dillinger movie and all of a sudden they come out of the theater and their collars are up and they got a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and they got their hat pulled down over their eyebrows. They all of a sudden become Dillinger and all these people these school kids, they become uh, uh, public enemy number one when they see all these violent, all this violence on television and all this killing, and people wonder, oh, there must be something wrong with their brain. No, it's something that's wrong with the brains of the people that putting that are putting these uh, movies out, uh, and they realize that these children are very. Uh, impressionable so uh, but they became uh, vain in their imagination so they imagine their Dillinger they imagine uh, that they are little Caesar or somebody and so they go home and get a gun put bullets in it and go and kill their school chums and their foolish heart was darkened that's just what it is today is uh, the media, which is Satan's mouth, is uh, projecting these thoughts into these little brainless kids' minds. I remember when I was in prison for the gospel, an IRS case, and my little boy came in to visit me. He was just really young then, and he'd been watching the Ninja Turtles. And all of a sudden, he hauled off and kicked me in my shin. <laughs> I says, what's this all about? And then my wife said, always been watching the Ninja Turtles. And I said, don't let him see him anymore. And I told him, young man, you know, we're in prison here and there's all kinds of guards around here. But if you ever do that to me again, I'm just going to put you over my knee and spank you. And so he never did it again. But that's how impressionable children are. He was only about three or four years old. Not, maybe not even that. What was he at that time? probably three years old. So it definitely even puts an impression in the brains of three-year-olds. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God, there's no way you can corrupt him, into an image made like to corruptible man. Because God knows of all these movies, and he knows everything that's going on, but it's impossible to corrupt him because he's uncorruptible. 
Only foolish man is corruptible. And you see everybody jumping around like they're a bunch of monkeys. Uh, the Vatican and uh, all these false prophets that are in the world today made people believe that they're monkeys. Well, if you want to be a monkey, be one, but I am a man. I'm a human being. I have a soul. I have God. I have uh, My spirit has been resurrected from a dead spirit to a spirit that's alive now, serving the Lord. So you can't corrupt God. Uh, uh, they uh, tried to corrupt him. But they try to make him be like corruptible man. In other words, to bring God down to man's guttural level. But now they can't do that. That really is frustrating to the devil. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, verse 24, God also gave them up to uncleanness uh, through the lusts of their own hearts. Don't you think that people today are unclean? I mean, one out of every four person, at minimum, has AIDS. They've got hepatitis, C, A, B, C, D, everything they've got. Uh, So wherefore, God also gave them over to uncleanness. They're dirty. Everyone on the street is filthy through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Uh, verse 25, who changed the truths of God into a lie. Well, the truth of God is he's uncorruptible. And they worshipped and served uh, the creature more than the creator. You can see people, they got dogs and cats all around them, and that's supposed to make them a nice person. Because they worship these dogs and cats and every kind of four-footed beast uh, who God created, but they all have their place in the universe. So uh, the creature is not to be worshipped. But they don't worship the creator. They worship creatures. They worship the sun, the moon, the stars, or a stick if you throw it down on the ground. They worship birds, dogs, cats, everything. They worship them more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, uh, verse 26, for this cause God gave them up into vile affections. You can see that all the people today that God has turned over to vile affections. And they say, well, I have a flesh problem. I've got a flesh demon. And indeed you do. And you, if you want to be saved, you better rebuke that vile a creature in you, these vile affections that are in you, because you become a possession of Satan rather than a possession of the Lord. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Can you imagine women with women? What do they do? All you people that watch pornography, you know very good and well what they do, don't you? You're a pervert and you love to watch it. Verse 27, and likewise also the men, 
leaving the natural use of the woman, uh, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, tapping their shoes in bathrooms and sliding notes under the thing. You vile, sick men. Yeah, not men, you're like vile creatures. With uh, men with men working that which is uh, unseemingly and receiving in themselves um, a recompense of their um, sin or error, which was good for them, was meat for them. Verse 28. And this is talking about homosexuals, how vile and evil it is, and how sick in their heads they are. And they sport themselves about uh, telling, thinking that they're something, they're vile creatures. And they try to turn on everybody, little children, and they do. This is the Roman Catholic cult. The Roman Catholic cult that is uh, wooing little boys and little girls. Now, they're after this uh, one church. I don't know whether they're of the Lord or not because uh, I've never been there. I've never met the man. But I know that they're slamming him. And everybody that I've ever seen them slam primarily in the news have been uh, good people, and everyone they exalt, like the Pope, who is an out-and-out vile creature, uh, who God has turned over to a reprobate mind. And even as they did not like to uh, retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Now, you know what a reprobate is? A reprobate mind is a mind that has been rejected by God. And it's, he's, uh, they're rejects. They're chaff. They're goats. The Lord saves the wheat, but he gets rid of the chaff. He burns it forever. And they turn them over to a reprobate mind because they love to do that which is the Lord they know the Lord doesn't like. And they think they're getting by with it because of the fact that he lets them live a few more days. To do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. This is what the Pope is, filled with all unrighteousness. Such a liar, they say, that they don't believe in uh, murder, and they're murdering more people than anybody else in, uh, the, in all time. Uh, they've uh, crucified Christ, uh, the Roman Catholic uh, soldiers. They also uh, have, uh, they're the ones that are condoning murder, first-degree murder, which they call abortion. I don't call that uh, abortion. I call it first-degree murder. They love to kill Christians. Uh, they love to murder them. That's what happened over at Waco. And now Clinton, former President Clinton, is saying, that was the biggest mistake I ever made. Clinton, again, on these broadcasts, I have to say, you're a mistake. Uh, 
that isn't a mistake. That's murder, first-degree murder. You said you took full responsibility for it. And you say that's a mistake. God is going to judge you for murder. And it looks like you're about ready to go uh, one foot in the, the grave and the other one in the funeral parlor. If I were you, I would make a more full confession than that. If I were you, I'd get down on my hands and knees and ask the Lord to forgive you. If I were you, I would tell the public that it wasn't a mistake, that you murdered those people, that you've murdered people. You boasted about how many countries you've bombed to bring them into, quote, democracy, unquote, which is nothing more than dictatorship. Doesn't make any difference if Republicans win or Democrats. It's dictatorship, dual dictatorship. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. Everything you do is unrighteous, you fornicators, you filthy swine. Fornication, it falls under the same thing as oral fornication or anal fornication. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, you liars. All you people, you want to debate. Debate what? You have nothing to debate. Malignity, it's like your cancer. Um, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. What do you, who do you think's taking the Bible out of the schools and is uh, spewing out their hatred. That's why the Lord tells us to hate evil, to hate these uh, people that will not repent. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Verse 31. Um... Without understanding, they they keep saying, I don't understand. Covet, uh, covenant breakers, they make promises and they don't mean anything. Anything they say doesn't mean anything. Without natural affections, they're light-footed in their shoesies, implacable. Unmerciful. These people are totally unmerciful. Verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, uh, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. You're worthy of death. Not only do the same things that uh, were just mentioned, but have pleasure in them that do them as well. These are homosexuals, folks, and you people think it's right. You have uh, women's rights where they can murder people. You're all part of the whole same thing. You people then have your own children murdered because you don't want to take care of them, or they're um, they're just troublesome. So so that you can continue doing the things that I've mentioned in this chapter. Uh, you just want to get rid of them, that's all. 
just put them on a no-feed program or uh, get them out of my stomach now. So you're uh, you're wicked, as evil as they can be. You're a murderer. Chapter 2 now. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. Well, that's right. Men cannot judge. The only, uh, but we are given the liberty to judge everything by the word of God because God's judgment is true and God's word is God. So man is not supposed to judge, but men can judge if they use only the word of God to judge with. Whosoever thou art that judgest for whether wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. It's like these people that are judging. The government is judging this international Roman Catholic culture. Uh, government is judging. These people that they say are filthy and that they're abusing children and that they're doing all these things, they're the ones that's doing the same thing, only worse. Hundreds of thousands of altar boys have been uh, raped, have been violated, have been abused by these filthy scumbags. For thou that judgest, you do the same things, but not, but much worse than these people that you're pulling to order, you vile creatures. Uh, verse two, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. And so those of us that judge by the word of God, we're judging according to truth against them which commit such things that they judge with their own judgment instead of the judgment of the Lord. Now, verse 3, chapter 2, Romans, verse 3, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. No, you shan't. Uh, verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Uh, verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath, God's wrath against you. And how do you know, you people? Look at all the police that have been killed that were judging us wrongly and lying about us in the courtrooms. Look at the judges that have died that have done that to us. And look at all these people uh, they think that, well, if I add my two cents against the Alamos, 
Well, uh, maybe we'll be able to crack them. No, you never will, because it's the promise of God that he's going to crack you first. All those that come up against us. Uh, you do these things, and you're treasuring up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath. So then you're going to know that God is not all love, especially the people that do the things that you're doing, planning to destroy the Alamos or other Christians. And revelation, uh, the wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Uh, verse 6. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? In other words, his work. So those of us that are doing the work of the Lord, we're going to get a crown of life. And those of you that are doing the work of Satan, you're going straight to hell. And uh, you then be tossed into the lake of fire with Satan and his unholy agents here on earth. People that were once angels but their names have been blotted out of heaven just like satan and the same as you if you ever were saved then you are taken out of the book of life blotted out verse 7 to them who by patient continuance that see patience is such a virtue because we have to no matter what happens to us we have to uh uh, by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and uh, honor and immortality, eternal life. Well, what does it mean that we seek for glory? Well, glory means that we be resurrected from the dead. That's where we want to be resurrected from the dead with Christ that, because we living with him and we share, we also died with him. And now we will experience the glory of God and honor and immortality. Glory, because we'll be raised from the dead like him. And glory, because we'll ascend into heaven like him. And glory, because we'll be in heaven with him and all of our loved ones that have gone on before us. Honor and immortality, eternal life. Verse 8. But unto them that are cont um, contentious and do not obey the truth, the word of God, but obey unrighteousness, because they think they'll be saved by that, I guess, indignation and wrath of God. You don't know what it's like to feel the wrath of God. I felt just a tinge of it, and I don't want that anymore. I don't want to die. I not want to die. Uh, verse 9. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doth evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek, the Gentile. Verse 10. But glory, you mean resurrection from the dead, ascension into heaven, uh, and forever with Christ, but glory, and that'll be honorable when that happens, we're raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, pulled up into heaven by the Holy Spirit and meet Jesus in the sky, 
and honor and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Verse 11, for there is no respect of persons with the Lord, with God. Verse 12, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Even though you say, I don't know the law, uh, and you sin, doesn't make any difference. You're still going to perish without law. And as many, and if you're perishing, what difference does it mean if you got the law or not? You're still going to perish. You're going to hell. For as many as have sinned without law, without the knowledge of the law, shall also perish uh, without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law uh, shall be judged by the law. So you say, well, I have the law and you're sinning. Uh, you're still going to be judged by the law. You can't break the law and get into the kingdom of heaven. And you cannot keep the law unless you have the spirit of the Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in you. If you ask Jesus into your heart, it's for sure that you'll have the power of God and you'll be able to not sin any longer. Verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Well, what does that mean? In other words, you see what the law says that you have to do. You have to be a branch in the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And anyone that doesn't bear fruit, well, the Lord tells it to tear it down and bring a, put another branch in there, fuse it in, graft it in, whatever. Because um, uh, a, a branch or a uh, branch of a tree or a branch of the vine uh, cannot live apart from Jesus. So, uh, but the doers of the law shall be justified. So many people say, well, I'm a Jew and I'm justified because I'm a Jew. No, you're not. You have to be born again of the spirit. Verse 14, for when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, have a law unto themselves. Well, if you've got a law unto yourselves, that still doesn't mean anything because you still have to have the Lord in you. You still must be born again. Well, I see my time is up again. And so it's time to pray. It's time for to pray time. And um, let's pray together right now to the Lord. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, the word of God. And I believe, Father, that you raised Jesus up from the dead by the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus, uh, Holy Father and Holy Spirit. 
Wash all my former sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank and praise your holy name, Lord, that I am saved. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. Praise and thank the Lord and give all the glory to him. Now, here's Sharon to tell you how you can receive a copy of program number 621. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, please uh, mention whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free. Now here's H.B. Barnum's Life Choir to sing for you the Life Prayer Song. Thank you. 